I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hello and welcome to the post-game edition of Arizona vs. Oregon. I'm Jason Shear, Senior Editor of Wildcat Authority, and this is the Wildcat Scoop Podcast. Before we get started, just want to shout out my little dog, Bianca. I'm recording this podcast at about 9.30 at night, and my dog decided to sneak in my office and was walking back and forth the entire length of the house just to chew her food in my office. So I'm now hunkered down. She's a little pissed off, but here we are reviewing the Arizona-Oregon game, and it's a very weird feeling because... I'm not sure I've seen our message board, Wildcat Authority message board, uh, as happy after a 41-19 to loss as it is today. Uh, Arizona beat the spread, and when I did the Duck Territory, which is our Oregon site on 24-7, when I did their podcast, they asked me what a victory would look like. Obviously not the final score, but I said beating the spread. And they beat it. It was a competitive game for the majority of the game. But the reason it's so strange is because if I had said pregame that Arizona's quarterback was going to throw five interceptions, you would have told me that's the last game that quarterback plays for Arizona. Look at Gunnar Cruz, who's really the only thing Gunnar Cruz has done bad this entire season was not move the ball against San Diego State. Then you have Will Plummer, who threw the interception against NAU, and, and he, he played poorly. You could make an argument that the game that Plummer had against NEU was the worst game for an Arizona quarterback this season. And then you have Jordan McLeod, who threw five interceptions. And after the game, Judd Fish said, he's our best quarterback. He's our starter the rest of the season, barring injury. And the message board said, heck yeah. For a quarterback that threw five interceptions. Now, I'm not even saying I disagree with that. It's just weird. I mean, it really is strange. Because there's very few, it might be the life of an Arizona football fan <laughs> that the fan base is like, hell yeah, he threw five picks. That's our quarterback. Like, in what? Like, can you imagine Bryce Young on Alabama throwing five picks and then losing Ole Miss? And, and I know it's different, but it's it's a weird situation because if Will Plummer threw five picks against NAU, he would be run, run out of town. Like, if Will Plummer, you know, and if Gunnar Cruz had thrown five picks against Oregon, I don't think he'd be getting the same treatment. I think what happened was, generally speaking, the offense played better than it has all season. And the time of position, 37 minutes. Going to the Oregon game, I said, look, the only way Arizona is going to make this a close game is if they control possession, control the clock, limit turnovers. They did most of that. The limiting turnovers, obviously, they didn't do five interceptions. But they controlled that clock 37 minutes of possession. Oregon had the ball, they ran like something like five plays in the third quarter or something. That It was perfect from Arizona's perspective. Get up slowly, walk to the line of scrimmage. You go a little tempo once in a while in order to kind of catch Oregon off guard. And it worked. It was working. Arizona's offensive line 
was winning the battle in the trenches for the most part. But the turnovers, really, you could make the argument, the turnovers cost Arizona the game. Now, you could say that offensively, Jordan McLeod was one of the reasons why Arizona was in the game. But you just as easily say that Jordan McLeod is the reason Arizona lost the game. That's why it's so strange. Because the red zone, the pick six, I don't care about. The the, the last interception is, is meaningless to me. But the fourth interception was an awful decision. The interception in the back of the end zone, bad decision. And I think Jed Fish said it well at the end of the game when he said, Jordan McLeod needs to learn how to live another play. And you would assume that as a veteran, he would have known that. But he was trying too hard, if that makes sense. Like, he was trying to make too many plays. Uh, the throw that he had the intercession where he threw it across the, the field, that is an NFL throw, and there's NFL quarterbacks that can't make that throw. And no offense to Jordan McLeod, with his arm strength, he's not able to make that throw. It is an awful decision. Like, I, I'm not sure there's a quarterback in the Pac-12 that can make that throw across the field like he tried to where it got interception, intercepted. That's just not a throw that he can make. And they're going to sit him down on Monday and say, here's the film. You can't do this. And what I liked about the offense is Jordan McLeod does not have a strong arm. He might have the weakest arm of the three quarterbacks that we've seen. Um, but with that being said, they changed and tuned the offense against Oregon to play to his strength. They didn't ask him to throw the ball downfield too much. And when he did, really it was a mistake that he made and misread. Um, they said, look, we're going to get the out patterns, we're going to run the screens, we're going to go up the, you know, 10 yards up the field, in the middle of the field, etc. And for the most part, he did that pretty well. It's just that you can't go on the road and beat Oregon uh, if you're turning the ball over five times. And, you know, I, I left with a couple impressions of that game. For starters, you know, Ohio State, it turns out, as we're seeing now, isn't as good as people thought they were. And I'm not sure Oregon's really as good as people think they are. Uh, I don't think Oregon is the, is the third best team in the country. I don't think Oregon's bad or anything like that. And they're very much, very well may be the best team in the Pac-12. I'm not sure that's saying much. But um, to say they're number three in the country, I mean, I think if you lined Alabama and Oregon up on the same field, Georgia and Oregon up on the same field, uh, it would be pretty ugly. It, and those teams would absolutely kill Oregon. But hey, I mean, that's a nice problem to have. Um, Arizona, I think they have something to build on because Fish can now say, look, we play with the Oregon Ducks at Oregon as a four-touchdown, 30-point underdog, and we had them for three quarters. We Arizona was a better football team than Oregon for three quarters. It really was. Uh, this was not a game where if you, if you turn this game on as a casual observer, not knowing who was ranked what, losing streaks and all that, you wouldn't have thought that there was a big difference between these two teams. This wasn't the NAU or the San Diego State came. And so you assume and, and you say to yourself, look, if Arizona can move the ball like that and against Oregon, you assume it's going to be able to move the ball better against you know future defenses um, and, and so on and so forth. And, you know, it, it's, it's looking better. And the NAU loss was bad. Don't get me wrong. But people forget, BYU, San Diego State, and Oregon – those three teams haven't lost a game. All right. I'm not sure that there's many other teams in the country that could say that the three FBS teams that they faced are undefeated combined. Uh, that is not something to brag about, probably. But uh, here we are with, with, you know, Arizona scheduling. So with all that being said, the biggest thing to me that I took away from the game wasn't Jordan McLeod. It was Arizona's blocking effort. It was 
far and away, not even close, the best blocking effort that Arizona football had all season. The offensive line was as good as it has been. No, it was better than it has been all season. Josh McCauley played his butt off. Played one of the better games that I've seen him play in a long time. Donovan Lai played his best game of the season. He's still a little banged up. Jordan Morgan played well. Really, the offensive line as a whole played well. Now, the difference to me was that after the NAU game, people were talking about blocking. And a lot of the plays, especially to the outside, didn't go anywhere. And the main reason why is because the wide receivers didn't block. If you go back and watch this Oregon game, the wide receiver blocking was absolutely fantastic. Uh, It was really, really good. And that's why you saw those plays on the edge work. And they went to Oregon, and I mentioned this in the pregame, that I thought Oregon was weaker on the edge. And a lot of that has to do with injuries, but it hasn't been very good defensively on the edge. And Arizona attacked the edges and got the wide receiver blocking that it needed to in order to get the offense to move the ball. And then you had the tight ends. Alex Lyons blocked well, uh, and, you know, Wolma was fine. Marshall got in there a couple plays and was solid. The tight end blocking was good as well. So blocking overall, Jedfish said it. Arizona ran for 200 yards, and the average per carry wasn't great. It's like 3.8, 3.9, which isn't great, but it's the whole establishing the run and being able to do that. And Brendan Carroll said earlier in the week when we asked him, he said, why, why you, you know, we asked him, we said, why are you passing more than you're running at this rate? And he said, it's the score. They want to be more balanced. And we saw that against Oregon. That is what they want this offense to look like. You run to open up the pass, you mix things up and all that. And that's what Arizona needs. If Arizona can go and establish the run against a Colorado, a UCLA, a Cal, a Washington, etc., they're going to win a football game this year. I'm not going to go nuts and say they're winning three or four. That's stupid. But they will win a football game this year if that's how the offense plays, if they're able to establish that time of possession, if the defense plays well. Oregon's offense got big plays, and Arizona's susceptible a little bit with the man-to-man and the press coverage to big plays. But generally speaking, that Oregon offense really didn't do much. Arizona got beat on the big play. The first touchdown of the game was awful. The safeties did not play well. If you're looking at a position group to be mad at defensively, it is by far the safeties. The D-line was fine. The linebackers were fine. The safeties were not good at all. Uh, Gunnar Maldonado tried to make a big hit instead of wrapping up. Jaden Young just looked overmatched physically for a good portion of that game. Uh, It was not a good scenario for them. But as we've seen so far this season, that's what teams are going to do. They're going to attack Arizona safeties because the corners have been so good. Christian Roland Wallace is an NFL corner. Isaiah Rutherford has been very good this year, and we said that opposing teams were going to attack the nickel, the safety, etc., and Oregon did that, and that was where the big plays came from. When they attacked Christian Roland Wallace or Rutherford, it really just wasn't there, and that's going to be exposed on film, and the reality is that's not something that can be fixed this season. That's something that you need to fix through recruiting. So overall, when you take a look at what Arizona did against Oregon, the reason people feel good is because there's actual things on to build on. San Diego State was BS. Nothing to build on. You could say the defense played well the second half. Whatever. The game was already over. NEU, clearly nothing to build on. BYU was nice. There's some positivity. But the Oregon game, is it just felt different. Because everyone said to themselves, Arizona's going to go to Oregon and just get annihilated. They don't belong in the same field as the Ducks. And they turned the ball over five times. 
and were on the same field as the Ducks and belonged in the same field as the Ducks for at least three quarters. And you go, and, and the general is like, look, McLeod is a guy that got here late in the system. That was his first start for Arizona. And the mistakes that he made are things that a good head football coach, a good quarterback coach, should be able to fix. Now, if he goes out and throws three, four interceptions against UCLA in a couple weeks, we'll talk. But it is a good thing to know that McLeod is going to get that film and all that and then go into the bye week and be able to practice a little bit more before preparing for the next game. I'd be surprised if he goes, Arizona plays at home against UCLA and he goes and throws, you know, five interceptions, whatever it is. Um, it just, it, it wouldn't make much sense, in my opinion, when you kind of look at everything. But it's a situation where there is something positive to build on and it doesn't feel like BS. Um, I think Arizona found some nice things blocking and overall you assume that that's going to carry on. Now you got to see it for two games before you feel real good about it, but at least for one game you say, okay, maybe they turn the corner. And I also want to credit Jed Fish. I was hard on him after the NEU game, but I want to credit him for doing what I feel a lot of head coaches don't do, which is you go on the road against a team that you're clearly the underdog and you say, we're going to go for it. And there was a play where uh, Barry Hill was supposed to throw it to Rocker, got broken up, but they did the trick play. They did the trick play on the kick return, which didn't work, but they went for it. And I think that more teams, I'm surprised, don't do that, where you open up the playbook and you say, look, if we're going to lose, that's cool, whatever. But we're going to lose going all out. And they and they tried the trick plays. They tried different things. And um, it may not have been successful, but you go and, and you work on it in the future. Um, you know, there are obviously some negatives beyond McLeod's interceptions. Uh, and, and Jedfish seemed to be pretty annoyed after the game at the kicking situation. And someone asked why he went with Haversick to kick a field goal when it wouldn't have made a difference. And he said, I, we need to get our practice in there and figure out that kicking situation. And then Haversick missed. And it's just, it's unreal. Arizona and special teams are unreal. Because I know this coaching staff is putting in the time and, and all that and recruiting kickers and uh, it is a legitimate part of the game planning, and they just can't, for whatever reason, Arizona can't get a consistent field goal kicker uh, and hasn't had one for a while. And, you know, Judd Fish said, I know a game this season is going to come down to a field goal, and we need to be able to trust our kicker, and we put him in that situation, and he missed. And so do they go back to Tyler Loop and see what Loop can do in games? I don't know. I don't know what they do. But uh, that is something that is a, a very legitimate concern, really special teams overall. Is, uh, is probably a concern, although Ostendorf has been pretty good and the coverage teams um, also have been pretty good. The, the field goal kicking for another year um, isn't just, it's just not very good this season, and you hope that it doesn't cost Arizona in the future. But this week, Arizona has a bye, should be relatively healthy going into the bye. They'll practice a few days. Jet Fish will hit the road, I believe, on Wednesday or Thursday to recruit, and then they'll come back and, uh, and prepare for, for UCLA. So, Overall, where is, you know, where's Arizona right now? Still the team with the longest losing streak in the country. But there seems to be a feeling among its fans, and I think among its coaching staff, if you were to talk to them after last night, that says, we are going to win a game this season. And, uh, and I think they are. I mean, I've said this whole time, I think Colorado is a game that they could win. Uh, you know, weird things happen when they play Washington, etc. You, you never know. But it just feels like, and, and, and I know it's like, oh, man, we're, we're talking about one win. It's like, yeah, you know, Arizona's lost a lot of football games. I think if they win one game and build off that, Arizona fi- fans will be just fine moving forward without, 
you know, with at least some glimmer of hope. But, you know, the post-game Oregon podcast isn't what I thought. I thought I was going to come on here and say Oregon kicked the crap at Arizona at the end. But um, it doesn't feel that way. And like I said, it's weird because I jokingly, like I jokingly said on Twitter, this is the best five interception game I've ever seen. Jordan McLeod didn't play great. I'm not even sure he played good. But he did enough to put Arizona in a position offensively to win the game. And the only other time that happened this season was going to cruise against BYU. So that's where Arizona's at with the quarterback situation. McLeod's the starter. There seems to be a glimmer of hope. Arizona can't lose this weekend. So that's that's a positive as well because it has a bye week. But that's where we're at. Uh, we'll come back. Jed Fish's press conference is still Monday. Players on Tuesday. We'll do a podcast later in this week on both. And then also uh, Basketball Media Day is this week. And we'll do some, we'll have a basketball podcast later this week as well. But once again, I'm Jason Shear, Senior Editor of Wildcat Authority. This has been the Wildcat Scoop Podcast. My dog has finally stopped eating in my office. Thank you once again for joining me. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.